we are fine here as well. I hope everyone is doing well in London. I'm just coming in. I got slightly delayed because uh, I'm just coming in from Okrasi, Okrasi Church, where I just finished off and I had to rush um, to do this one as well. God is good. He's doing wonderful things in our lives. And I know so long as we keep coming to him, so long as we keep requiring his presence, he will never deny us. He will never forsake us. Please, one second. Hallelujah. Sorry about that. He will, not, he will never deny us. He will never forsake us. And everything that we're doing, as long as we do it in his love, as long as we do it in his love, as long as we do it with the understanding that he is our Lord and he is our God, everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. But you know, we are talking about the mustard seed faith, and this is the fourth part. Hallelujah. Fourth part of the mustard seed faith. And as I've been explaining, what is the mustard seed faith? See, the mustard seed faith brings you to your, the beginning of your faith. And the small things that you have to do in order for bigger things to happen in your life. You know, like I gave as an example, if you cannot lift up a five kg of a bottle of milk, then you definitely cannot lift up a 10 kg. Meaning if you don't handle the mustard seed faith or the smaller seed faith, you cannot handle the bigger seed faith. And it is the smaller seed faith that leads to bigger things. And what was the smaller seed faith we've been talking about? The beginning of all of your faith. Let me let me scratch that. Let me repeat that because I seem to be repeating myself all the time as I preach, and I, I've been made aware of that. The beginning of all of your faith starts with your tithe. Why? Tithe, as I've repeated, is not money. Tithe is spirit. Unless you begin to acknowledge that tithe is spirit, and you give Tithe is apportioned use. You cannot understand the power that God has placed in your hands. The power that God has placed in your hand begins with your mouth and how you talk. Everything that you decree and you declare comes to life. But in order for it to work in its perfection, you have to understand that with God, nothing shall be impossible. 
I repeat, with God, nothing shall be impossible. You have to understand, with God, nothing shall be impossible. I've repeated it three times there. Okay? Why is nothing impossible? God is a rewarder of those who seek him. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And when you come into his presence, nothing is supposed to be impossible for you. Are you getting me? But why are there things which seems to be impossible for me? When that happens, when things, when you begin to acknowledge that things are being impossible for you, you have to go back to the basics. What is the basics? The basics is what we read last week. Hallelujah. The basics is what we read last week. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 6. And verse 19. Hallelujah. This is the basics. Lay not, lay not up for yourself treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your hearts be also. Hallelujah. That is the basics of your faith. You see, in order to see God do the impossible things for you, you need to do what you need to do. If you do not do what you need to do, then you become a stumbling block as to the right blessings of God for your life. You say, Pastor Frank, how about the grace? Yes, the grace is working. The grace still works. Because by, right now, you are living under grace. But the real things that need to be done are not being done. Why? Because you have neglected the least. You have taken the spirituality out of its rightful place. And when you take the spirituality out of its rightful place, where you do not lay that treasure that God has given you to lay in heaven, when you do not lay that treasure in heaven, what happens is thieves, moth, rust will take over. Okay? Your tithe is spirit. Your tithe is not physical. 
And that is the reason why Satan attacks it so much. That is the reason why you don't want to pay it so much. Because the moment that you do pay it, it is securing yourself in the secret place of the Most High. There you shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then you can declare that the Lord your God, he is your refuge and your fortress. Okay? So now, what am I saying? I'm saying that that which is spiritual must be apportioned to the spiritual. Your tithe is not a physical thing. If you do not know the value of it, it is going to destroy your life. If you do not know the worth of gold, you will sell it for bronze or less than bronze. If you do not know the value of gold, you will sell it for a few in Ghana pesos. And you know the pesos is way weaker than the pence in England. If you do not know the value of your time, a question that came to me, and this question was so simple. A certain thing has been placed before you as a Christian. God or money. Which one will you choose? God or money? Which one will you choose? And it's a question that is applying to you right now. And for your own sake, choose wisely. Because when you choose wrongly, it does affect your life. It's not God that attacks you, but the word of God is the rule. It's in situ. Come on, let me show you something. Let me show you something. Let's go to Haggai. You're going to Haggai chapter one. Hallelujah. We're going to start from this one. In the second year of Darius, the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shetel, governor of Judah, and to um, Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying, Thus speak, speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, These people, this people, say, the time is not come. The time that the, the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word 
of the Lord by Hagar, the prophet saying, it is time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste. Now, there's, now therefore, that says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bringeth in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye, ye clothe. Ye, ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain, bring wood, and build a house. And I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You look for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why? saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house, that is waste. And ye ran every man into his own house. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I call for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, upon cattle, and upon all the labor of hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a lot that the Lord is saying there. We are comparing it with Malachi chapter 3. And we know. But let me give you the secret behind this. The secret behind this is not that the Lord hates you. Or, it's not the, or the Lord is coming against you. But the secret behind it is, this is what is happening and the Lord is trying to prevent you from going into such a pass. The Lord is rich. He can take care of his house. It is not about the church. It is not about the growth of the church. It is not about the pastor. It's nothing to do with the church and everything to do with you. Because in order for the Lord to do something for you, his hands are tied. He cannot stop Satan from doing this thing that the Lord is saying here that he is saying that he will do, not that, God, not that God is a man that he should lie, but he is stopped by the courts of heaven from protecting you. Because you have not done what is necessary. 
God will never ever, he says, I know the thought that I think towards you. Thought of peace. My thought towards you is not evil. That it may give you a future and a hope. The, the only thing that the Lord wants for you is for a future and a hope. But in all the time, that's the reason why he said, I gave you my son. So that he will warfare for you even when you are in sin. But how, how much do you know the law is the law? And the law seeks worship of its own. The law seeks worship of its own. When grace is restricted, the law would take its own. The only thing that struck the law is grace. Grace is Jesus Christ coming down on earth, dying on the cross, so that the law will be overcome. But in order for the grace to work, the little that you need to do, you have to do it. Why? You cannot say that, you cannot not believe, you cannot not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the grace will work. It will work if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot believe in the law and not the grace and expect the grace to work. The more you believe in the law, the more you seize the grace from working for you because you have been set a choice. And the choice that you have been set is either you believe in the law or you believe in the grace. If you believe in the Lord, then the Lord will apply to you. If you believe in the grace, then the grace will apply to you. So where do you want to be? It is a choice. And it is the same thing. In order for you to overcome certain situations which are in your life, which is taking prevalence, which is working against your good, even though the grace is available and the grace is abundant, the law will not do anything for you. What happens with that? Unless you take that thing, what is that thing? The tithe which openeth your mouth. Hallelujah. In order to receive the grace, you've got to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. In order for the grace to work, you've got to believe in the grace and not the law. It's a choice. The law is a word of God. But the law works on you trying to get to heaven on your own strength. You cannot part believe in the law and part believe in the grace. It doesn't work. Either you believe in the law or you believe in the grace, one or the other. And when it comes to tithe, tithe is the beginning of your faith. 
because tithe makes you in the physical, in the talking about the physical thing, tithe makes you accept that God is greater than the money that you have in your hand. If you believe that the money that you have in your hand is greater than God, you will never pay tithe. And anyone who does not pay tithe believes that the money that they have in their hands is greater than God. That's what it means. That is what it means. You may be oblivious to it. You may say you don't understand it. You may say you don't want to understand it, but that's what it is. Tithe, that money that is in your hand, you can either accept it as it's greater than God, and therefore your faith is in it. Or you can say, I believe in God over this small amount of money that I have in my hands. That's how powerful it is. It is a choice. It is a choice. And when you choose tithe over God, let me tell you something. Even though you have chosen tithe over God, does not mean you are going to spend that tithe. Because you spend it, you haven't spent it. You've given it to Satan. And that money, no matter what, it, it is not going to do what you said it was going to do. You will pay it back with interest in some cases because that money is not physical. That money is spiritual. God has given you a job and God has given you a wage. God has hallowed your wage. And out of that, he has given you a spiritual component of your wage. And that spiritual component is that tithe. The moment that you begin to see it as spirit rather than money, the moment you begin to grow spiritually, do you know that anyone that does, people that don't pay tithe never ever understand the word of God? That's the first thing. You will never ever understand the word of God fully. You will see the word of God, but you will never understand it. You will never ever capture the spirituality of the word. That is the first thing. And the moment that is hidden from you, that is your power. Because it is the word that gives you the inspiration to understand and make progress for your life. It is the component of the tithe. You see, people seem to think that when I pay my tithe, I'm paying it because I want to become rich and I want to do this. And it's, it's all about money. No, it is never about money. It is about your spirituality. Because when you are spiritual, that's when you've been given the power to decree and declare and cause it to come to pass. 
when we go into the Bible, as I was saying the first, first week, many of the things that the Lord was telling us to do, he was telling us to do it when we believe. So let us go to Mark, Mark 11, 23. He says, for verily I say unto you that he, that whosoever shall say to, unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it is the controlling of your mouth. Your tie opens your mouth. And then what you begin to decree and what you begin to declare begins to go to work. I'm sure you're not going to spend all day sitting there going, I want to be a billionaire. I want to be this. I want to be that, and I want to have that house, and I want to have that, whilst at the same time your marriage is lying in ruins, whilst at the same time your children are suffering, whilst at the same time your extended family, something is happening to them, whilst at the same time so many different, there is sickness in your body, there is sickness in your family, there is sickness all over. You see, your mouth has got to declare the right thing at the right time. And when it does, there should not be an authority able to come against what you are saying spiritually. The tithe is the only one that can make that happen. Because when you do not choose to do your time, it means you have chosen money over God. And therefore, these words that are written here cannot apply to you. Every time that you hear believe, it cannot apply to you. Why? Because you have chosen money over God. The Bible tells us that Solomon asked for wisdom. He did not ask for money. And because he did not ask for money, God gave him everything, including the money. God came in, asked him, what will you that I do for you? But remember, before God came, what Solomon did, Hallelujah. The amount of sheep he sacrificed after building the temple. Hallelujah. The amount of sheep he sacrificed. The amount of goats or whatever animals he sacrificed. That's what brought the delight of the Lord into him. That's why the Lord came into his presence 
because he proved to God. He valued him more than anything else in this earth. And God is looking for you to value him more than anything else in this world. Now, let us go to, wow, is that my time? Let us now quickly go to um, Genesis. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to Genesis chapter 22. I want to jump because I don't have much time. I want to skip quite a lot. The Lord came to Abraham. And the promise that God has given Abraham. The Lord said, right now, I want to test you one more time. What is the test? The test is whether Abraham loves his son more than God. Does that sound like anything that we've just been talking about? If Abraham, what in this world do you love more than God? If there is something that you love more than God, you have to sacrifice that thing in order to get the attention of God. Whatever you love more than God, you have to sacrifice in order to get the attention of God. So what do you love more than God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's why we are saying, what do you love more than God? Do you love the money which God has sanctified more than God? That's what tithe is all about. When you say that you love God more than that, you are asking your tithe to be spiritual. And you are arming your tithe to be the microphone in your mouth. You know what a microphone does, don't you? You speak through it and it amplifies the sound. When you remove that microphone, nobody will hear you. Everybody can see that you're speaking. But in an auditorium that's so big, nobody's going to hear you. Wherever you remove your mouthpiece, wherever you remove your spirituality, your tithe is for spirituality. Forget the fact that someone is talking about a church building or about a church. God cares more about you than a church building. But he likes to see that you will place him first. You will place him first with what he has given you. He gives you money, but he doesn't want the money that he gives you to be greater than the love that you have for him. 
If the money that he's given you is greater than the love that you have for him, you invite Satan into that money. That money becomes mormon. Because it is not God that you are worshiping. It is the money. And you know, Satan, that is not coming to make you rich. No. What you have, what you give him there, when you give him that which God has hallowed and made spiritual, if you give it to Satan, then you have given him the power to stand against your life, your prosperity. You have given him the power to destroy everything that you want to build. Hallelujah. So now let's take a look at uh, Abraham and what he did. It says, and they came to the place which God had told them of. And Abraham built an altar and laid the wood in, in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called out unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God. Hallelujah. 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 Are you following this? To the letter. There is something that makes you fear God. And there is something that removes that fear that you have for God. And, you, and that fear, should I say, becomes misplaced. That fear becomes fear of poverty. And that fear of poverty constantly robs us of the provision of prosperity that we can give unto God. Or that God has given us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That fear of poverty. No, if, 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 if I pay, then I'm not going to have enough. If I do this, then I'm not going to have enough. If I do this, then I am not going to have enough. Let me, let's continue to read this and let's see what the Lord does. God has told him, sacrifice your son. And Abraham about to do it because he trusts God more than he trusts in his son. He trusts God more than he trusts in his son. Because he knows that God who gave him is able to give him again. The God who gave him is more than able to give him more than this. He knows that word of God says, I promise you a nation 
a nation which you cannot count unless you go outside count all the stars even if you can count them so shall the nation be so the nation or a son abraham trusted in god who is able to give him the nation And he's the same God who gave him the son. So if he's giving him a son, he can again do something miraculous. Especially at the age in which he had his son, he can do something miraculous. Miraculous. Everything is in the hands of God. Everything is in the hands of God. All the wealth in the world is in the hands of God. So why do you reject God? for something so small. Hallelujah. Knowing that that small thing that he has given you, it is true that, that he can give you what you cannot count. Are you going to deny God 10 pounds? Because even though, even though the plan of God is to give you a million. So you, took, you, took, you take a look and you enjoy the 10 pounds and you reject the million that God has planned for you. Abraham took a look, saw the skies, saw the stars, and then looked at the stars, looked at the one sun and said, the God who is about to give me this, he is going to give me another son that will give me the stars. Hallelujah. Now, let's read on. I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a ticket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering unto in offering in the instead of his son. I want you to look at me, and if you are in the auditorium, look at me and say, Altar. Look at somebody around you and say, Altar. Look at someone and say, altar. Abraham sacrificed a ram on the altar. Abraham may not have sacrificed his son, Isaac, but he sacrificed his ultimate son, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God on the altar. Hallelujah. Your time is your sacrifice upon the altar. Every altar has got to have a sacrifice. Every altar has got to have a sacrifice. If you are serving the altar of Jesus Christ, what is your sacrifice? The Bible is telling you that your sacrifice 
on the altar of Jesus Christ is your tithe and your offering. You are not allowed to sacrifice animals anymore. Therefore, the only sacrifice that you can sacrifice on your altar is your tithe and your offering. And every altar needs a sacrifice. The Lord God Almighty sacrificed his son on the altar that Abraham built that day. And therefore, those who will come to him must know that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And therefore, when you come to him, you must know that he is. He is your altar. And what do you sacrifice on your altar? Your sacrifice on the altar is what binds you to that altar. When you don't have, when you have not been bound onto an altar, it means you are a free agent. The altar that you sacrifice on is the altar that speaks for you. Let me repeat that. The altar you sacrifice on, that is the altar that speaks for you. That's why the Bible tells you when you go, don't go and sacrifice your, offer, your tithe to somebody else somewhere. But sacrifice your tithe in the church that you go to. Why? Because that's your altar. And if you do not sacrifice your tithe to that altar, then that altar is not going to speak for you. And when that altar does not speak for you, there is going to be an altar somewhere speaking against you. It is about altar. Which altar do you belong to? The church that you go to. When you sacrifice, because the church is a church which calls the name of Yeshua Ha-Meshiah, a church that speaks of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, a church that you fellowship and you worship. You have to sacrifice to that altar. You have to sacrifice what the Lord has given you. You say that, Abraham did not sacrifice his son, but the Lord gave him a lamb to sacrifice. Can you imagine Abraham saying, oh, here I am. Yay, I've got a lamb. This lamb, I'm going to go home, cook it, eat it. Would he have a nation called Israel today if that was what he did? The land that the Lord has given you, the holy part, the spiritual part of your money, don't misunderstand it and don't sell it cheap because it is your promotion in life. Don't keep eating your prosperity into your stomach. In which after eating, the devil keeps causing you to vomit it out. Sorry to say those things. 
but trust in the Lord. Listen to, let's listen to the last part of this word. He has caught the ram, caught the ram in the ticket by his horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering to the Lord instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord Jesus, Jehovah will provide, as it is said to this day, to the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. To the mount, to the altar, which is the mount of the Lord. If you will honor your Christianity with your sacrifice onto the altar of Jesus Christ. Then you move his hand to stand against the oppression talked about in Malachi 3 from verse 8 onwards. May God richly bless you for, for hearing this sermon from me.